The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? But do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. mug thank you um i'm once again drinking tea this one's slightly better tasting than the goblin piss i complained about and if you listen to our blooper reel that we released last week you will hear even more outtakes of me calling it goblin piss and bow truckle piss and centaur piss and every other magical creature piss because it was disgusting but this one is actually called throat coat because friends followers listeners fire whiskers is their name fire whiskers (laughs) your dear dear narrator is ill and hasn't been able to breathe out of her nose for almost four days now the good news is despite losing the original recordings of this chapter and next chapter the doctor told me that i was not allowed to go to work today because everybody is panicking over the coronavirus which i do not have But because I have a respiratory infection, I'm not allowed to go to work. And my boss is not allowed to require me to come to work because the CDC says so. So, my voice may sound a little rough. And I may stop to cough and die. But I got to work from home today, which means I was able to record. Which means you'll get an episode this week, which we weren't sure was going to happen. And you will get an episode. Even if I have to record it myself, because our editor has some things going on with her family that may take her away from her editing studio. So we offer hopes and prayers and lots of, lots of ghost hugs to our wonderful editor, Hannah Beth. And, uh, we really hope to have this out to you on time for this week's fire risky Friday. And you're really, really lucky because I was going to read to myself. That would have been weird. (laughs) Oh, my God. That would have been fucking hilarious. I didn't know that was an option. We should have let that happen. Can you imagine? I would have been, like, calling her Mia Thermopolis by accident. I would have gone back and forth from singing and reading. It would have been amazing. And then we would lose all of our listeners. (laughs) One episode. Everybody just stops. They were like, and that was... That's up there with, like, there's been a couple of groups that have done musical episodes. You know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that was fantastic. Grey's Anatomy, yikes. Um, I don't think Bones did a musical episode. They did a weird, like, alternate reality episode, but... Anyway. But those aren't podcasts. Those are not podcasts. Those are TV shows, which Dead of Time very much should be. Yeah. Or a movie or something. I don't care. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep. Also, I think I said this on one of the recordings that we lost. But uh, big news is I had to order more of our producer-level decals and our Remus is Lupin decals because we have so many Patreons that we ran out. Well amazing. And we effing love you and wait until you hear the list of new patrons at the end of this episode because we are so excited for you guys. You are literally the reason that Kat and I are able to go to LeakyCon this year and hopefully meet some of you and to gain more listeners so that our podcast can continue to grow and we can do more fun things for you guys. So, yes. And I am excited because I got secrets. Also, um, I know most of you have picked up on Kat being grumpy about certain things and hating Valentine's Day and hating basically anything that involves other people being happy. But she is now happy. 
Yes, because dreams come true, people. If you don't give up, good things can happen. So don't give up. Yes. But I'm also, actually, my really big, really big secret, I was just talking to this Etsy shop, and I'm really excited about your birthday present. Like, I am so excited. Like, this is oh, going God to be the bomb.com. But I she get one, too. the bar <laughs> so high. And she also does that. Like, she's like, I got you the greatest gift. Also, I got one for myself. Yeah. Because it's kind of like the year you and I both got each other the exact same gift from the exact same Etsy store. <laughs> and it... Not only that, it was uh, best friend's mugs, and each person is holding, like, a phone or, like, a cup, whatever it is, so that they can talk to each other, and neither one of us knew what to do for the other person's hair, so we both got each other with the exact same (laughs) hairstyle, and so we were like, well, we have two cups where if we just put them together, it's two friends talking to each other with the same hairstyle, and we have the hairstyle that we picked for ourselves, which is clearly more indicative of how we really are. So we both kind of just kept those, and I don't know what we did with the other ones, but... Hey, I still have both of mine. I'm just kind of like, I'm just, I'm not mad at that Etsy shop, but I'm also kind of like, was this your evil plan? You saw where this, where you were sending it. It was the exact same town, and it was the exact same name. Like, what is your uh, double the income, friend. Double the income. Oh, Jesus. It's like, dude, okay. All right, I'm going to hack up a lung <clears throat> during this episode, and I'm sorry if you can't stand the sound of voice clearing. I'm going to try to do it as little as humanly possible. Also, I already know what's coming because I've recorded this episode before, but you guys are in for a real cat-sized treat. When I say cat size, I, do I don't voices. mean like the size of a small domestic cat. I mean like the size of a full-grown Catherine, which is approximately five foot three. Yeah, so was that in Mrs. Dalfar or was that another movie where he's like, I do voices. And they're like, what do you mean you do voices? He's like, I do voices. I do voices. Oh, I think that was when he went to the employee thing. I do a oh, great yeah. impression of a hot dog. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. Oh, cat. Oh, I'm so sorry. What? You're too... You know what happens in this chapter and the next one, but now you have to do a recap from last chapter. Oh my god. Okay. Let's see. It's the Hogwarts... I'll give you a hint. It's the Hogwarts Express. Okay, yeah. So that's the one where um, Hermione, but now she... Maya. Maya. Yes. So she sees... Serious. No, not serious. Remus. Yes. Remus. Remus. Jesus Christ. Okay. Superstar. Um, so she sees Remus all by his little self on the train and she's talked to him and she's like, We're gonna be friends. Cause I think I remember saying, Did I? Was that? Yes. That one aired, right? Yes. Cause I said that yes. she was like Ellie from Up and she's like, We're gonna be friends. I don't care what you think. And we're gonna do adventures and all this stuff. And here's my grape soda pin. And then she brought him oh, around other people. Soda. And yeah, that movie was on last week and I cried. I couldn't watch it all the way through. Um, so anyways, um so she brings him in to the rest of her friends and her brother, and she buys everybody um chocolate frogs and yes. Was that the same one where she let him kind of know that she knows about his condition, or is that the one after this one? No, that's that's coming. That's coming. Okay, so that's so. coming. Okay, yeah, see, I remember. Business. So, guys, she's so mildly yes. aware of what's coming now. So, she may let something slip, but that's fine. But yes, so um, she met Remus. She obviously she knows that he's a werewolf because she's met him in the future he doesn't know that she knows so she's trying to like shake his hand sit next to him get him comfortable with human interaction because his parents have kept him away from everybody and my dog is being really loud um but she is trying to make him more comfortable with people so that he can have friends which is exactly what remus older remus asked her to do in his letter so She does that, and then she also accidentally brings Peter Pettigrew into the fold. So, once again, she is now the impetus not only for James hating Snape, because Snape pushed her down, James meeting Sirius, because Sirius helped Maya, and Maya introduced them, James and Sirius meeting Remus, because she picked up Remus out of a 
train car and introduced him to those friends, but also then introduced Peter to the group because she was the one who was like, oh my God, are you okay when Lucius Malfoy was an asshole? Why are you staring at me like you have to pee? <sighs> You're staring at me, you little asshole. We were just outside. Do you need to go outside? Max, why go you outside? gotta have this bad Oh my topic. god, he does this every time. So I'll ask, do you need to go outside? And then he runs around the back of my chair to the other side. Do you need to go outside? Outside? <coughs> Speak. <coughs> Speak. <coughs> Speak. <coughs> Speak. <coughs> oh, that was cute. That was a little one. Speak. Speak. <coughs> there we go. That's my boy. All right, I'm going to go let my dog pee. You go sing. Okay. When you're feeling sad and low, we will take you where you gotta go. Smiling, dancing, everything's free. All you need is positivity. Colors of the world, spice up your life. Every boy and every girl, spice up your life. People of the world, spice up your life. Ah, slam it to the left. If you're having a good time, shake it to the right. If you know that you feel fine. Chica's... To the fr- Oh my god, that's what they say? Chica's to the front? How have I heard this lyric wrong this whole entire time? Oh my god. Oh hey, my Hannah god. Beth? Hannah Beth, can we just make an entire blooper reel of cat singing? I cannot believe- I have been hearing this lyric wrong the whole entire time. I feel like a What's bad- wrong? Okay, so I looked up Spice Up Your Life lyrics, Spice Girls. So, after they say, shake it to the right if you know that you feel fine, I always thought it was shake it to the front. It's actually chicas to the front. What? Huh. My mind is blown right now. Same. Same. <gasps> However, we promised Hannah Beth an easy episode to edit, so let's get back into this. Okay. Actually, we haven't even started, but okay. Okay, September 1st, 1971, Hannah Beth. <laughs> Chapter 21, <laughs> Potter, Maya. Snort number one. September 1st, 1971. The odd first years walked through the entrance hall, and Maya let out a sigh of relief. There were no battle scars in the hall, nor any signs of the war's wounded and dead. The beautiful stone walls were accented with lit torches, and the staircase drifted off to the side, leading up to the dorm she was so eager to see once again. <laughs> Professor McGonagall led the students into a small chamber off of the hall where they, would wait, uh, where they would wait to join the rest of the school in the great hall and be sorted. James bounced eagerly on the balls of his feet. You need to chew that so loudly while I'm recording, brat. We are such liars. Oh, yeah, we're going to make this easy for you. Muggle, please. I don't get paid enough. My middle name is complicated. James bounced eagerly on the balls of his feet. Are you ready, Sirius? It's going to be a Hungarian horntail. I know it, Sirius said excitedly. Maya groaned, pinching the bridge of her nose. Oh, not this again. What about a d dragon? Peter sputtered out. We uh, we have to fight a dragon, James said with a bright grin, turning to look at the short boy who cowered at the words. You get into Hogwarts or you burn alive, Sirius exclaimed with a dark, amused look in his eyes. There were other students in the back listening, all appearing equally terrified. Maya scowled. Will you two stop or it eats you? James added, ignoring her protest. Remus leaned in and whispered to a wide-eyed Peter, They're taking the mickey out of you. Have you been sorted before? James asked Remus with a devious smirk. Come on, Remus, you can help us take down a Romanian longhorn, Sirius patted his new friend on the back. You, me, and James will take it down together. We'll be legends. You got... Oh. <clears throat> Oh, God, so now I have to decide if I want to go with the voice I'd given Lily originally or not. Because originally I was going to give her a southern accent, but now I don't know if I want to. I just don't know. It's kind of hard to differentiate between her and Maya, but... I talk... So, 
this is going to sound weird, but I talk in like directions of my mouth. So like James comes in from the right side, Sirius comes from beneath, and Remus comes from the left. Maya comes from top right, and I'm thinking, oh my god, Kat, stop turning this into a dick joke. It's directions of how I quirk my mouth when I make their voices. Shut up. This does not have to do with their wands. Pervert. Hey, I've been frustrated. I'm slowly building to be better. It's fine. (gasps) Does this mean you won't pick at beer labels anymore? Yeah, but it's not like I have any labels to pick off, so that's fine. True. So I think I'm just going to... So I was going to do Lily in like a southern accent, just like a real kind of light one. But I feel like that takes away from it too much. So Lily's just going to be spoken from upper left. We'll see how it works. You guys are morons. Maya turned to see a familiar face of the red-headed girl from the train. Severus Snape stood beside her, glowering at the eager marauders. The girl pursed her lips, folded her arms across her chest, and leveled Sirius and James with a condescending glare. You're sorted by a magically enchanted hat. Oh, yeah? James turned and stared at her, an amused expression on his face as though she had given, was giving him a proper challenge. How do you know that? It's in Hogwarts, a history. She, Remus, and Maya all said simultaneously. Sirius and James burst into laughter as the doors opened, and Professor McGonagall stepped back through them. Now, form a line, she told them, and follow me. The Great Hall was lit by thousands and thousands of candles floating in midair over four long tables where the rest of the students were sitting. These tables were covered with glittering golden goblets and plates. At the top of the hall was another long table where the staff was sitting. The first years were led up to the front of the room so that they came to a halt in line facing the other students, with the teachers behind them. The hundreds of faces staring at them looked like pale lanterns in the flickering candlelight. Dotted here and there, floating above the tables, ghosts shone a misty silver. Professor McGonagall silently placed a four-legged stool at the front of the students. On top of the stool, she put a pointed wizard's hat. James and Sirius eyed the dirty old hat disappointedly, and the redhead, that Maya knew had to be Lily Evans, looked incredibly smug at the sight and raised an eyebrow at James and Sirius, muttering, I told you so. For a few seconds, there was complete silence. Then, the hat twitched. A rip near the brim opened wide like a mouth, and the hat began to sing. Guys, this wasn't any good the first time I recorded it. It's not going to be any good this time. I apologize. Stick me here upon your brow and let me sing my song. I'll dig inside your tiny mind to see where you belong. Sit right down and let me see the puzzles in your mind. For you will notice there is not a secret I can't find. You might belong in Gryffindor and wear the red and gold. Chosen by brave Goderick, who picks the daring and the bold. Perhaps you'll find in Hufflepuff. You prefer yellow and black. The The followers. Oh, do you want to sing that part? No. (laughs) I got too excited. (coughs) The followers of good Helga. Kindness they never lack. If you find yourself in Ravenclaw, you'll wear the bronze and blue. Bronze and blue, people. Bronze. 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 Not silver. Bronze. I'm not bitter. And see what that... that, that, that. See, I got two on my tantrum and I threw off my song. <laughs> and see that wise Rowena likes her students original and true. If you're destined inside Slytherin, silver and green you'll dawn. Salazar made ambition his house's words and song. Regardless of where I place you, Hogwarts binds you all together. For even once outside these walls, your magic lives forever. Professor McGonagall then stepped forward holding a long roll of parchment. When I call your name, please place the hat on your head and sit on the stool to be sorted, she said. Abbot, Adrian. A blonde boy slowly made his way to the stool, put the hat, and waited for a few moments. Slytherin, shouted the hat. The boy made his way to the far end of the hall, where a table dressed in green and silver was filled with fellow Slytherins waiting for him with applause. 
Among them, Maya immediately caught sight of the pale, white-blonde hair of Lucius Malfoy, his prefect badge glimmering in the light. To his left and right sat Crabbe and Goyle, respectively, and, across from him, was another head of blonde hair belonging to a girl that Maya quickly assumed to be a young Narcissa Black. Alton, Samantha. Ravenclaw. Bagman, Otto. Hufflepuff. Belby, Damocles. Maya's attention quickly fell to the boy that approached the hat. She knew his name well, as she had been researching him since the summer after Dumbledore's death. With Snape on the run, Remus no longer had a potions master to brew his wolfsbane potion. Slughorn was an excellent teacher, but a bit unreliable and had no reason to be charitable to an old student, especially without Dumbledore there to lean on him. She had taken up the task of attempting to brew the potion, but had been unsuccessful at it. In her endeavor to get the potion correct, she had read about its history and the wizard who had created it. Damocles Belby. Staring at him in the great hall, she found herself eager to pick his brains over the coming years in an effort to secure the helpful elixir for her friend. Eventually, the hat yelled, Slytherin! Maya smiled as she noticed who was next. Good luck, Sirius. Luck? Sirius grinned at her. I don't need luck. I've got determination on my side. Planning on tricking the sorting hat into, uh, in order to get into Gryffindor? James snickered. That sounds very Slytherin of you, Maya teased. Sirius turned, stepping a little too close to her as if he were trying to be intimidating. Unfortunately, all it did was remind Maya of an older Sirius who was waiting for her somewhere in the future. Just for that, kitten, I'm getting into Gryffindor just to spite you. Black Sirius. Professor McGonagall called, and they all watched as Sirius strutted forward, a smirk still on his face when the hat fell over his eyes. Despite knowing the result, Maya watched nervously, waiting as the sorting hat took its time. Sirius did, indeed, look determined, and she could only imagine the mental argument he was having with the hat, refusing to be placed in the Hogwarts house of his ancestors. Gryffindor! The hat eventually shouted, and the table on the far left exploded with cheers. Ha! Sirius said, with the brightest smile Maya had ever seen as he turned and pointed to her at her, and then silently did what she figured was an I told you so dance on his way to the Gryffindor table. Maya chuckled. I'll never hear the end of this, will I? Remus grinned wryly. Unlikely. Brown, Alice, became the next Gryffindor to join the table, and Maya smiled at the young girl's resemblance to Neville Longbottom. The fact that the last girl's name was Brown made Maya wonder if she was related to Lavender. Caro Electo. Maya narrowed her eyes, knowing the name well. The Caro twins were the Death Eaters that had evaded Azkaban after the First Wizarding War and had spent the last year of the Second, second Wizarding War tormenting students as teachers inside the sacred walls of Hogwarts. It was no surprise when the hat called out, Slytherin! for the sister, and then again as her brother Amicus followed. Catchglove, Greta. Hufflepuff. Evans, Lily. The redhead stepped forward and smiled nervously as she sat on the stool. There was barely a second after it touched her dark red hair that the hat cried, Gryffindor. Lily took off the hat, handed it back to Professor McGonagall, then hurried towards the cheering Gryffindors. As she went, she glanced back at Snape with a sad little smile. James scratched his head. Huh. Pegged that one as a Ravenclaw. Maya rolled her eyes. You said on the train that she was probably a Slytherin. Nah. She knew about the hat like you and Remus. Remus eyed James with a smile. That make us Ravenclaws too? Hope not. You two leave me alone with Sirius. Who will keep us in line? Maya scoffed when James winked at her. If that's even possible... Fawcett, Julia, became the newest Ravenclaw, and Gudgeon, Davy, was sent to Hufflepuff. When an anxious-looking, lanky boy stepped forward, Maya smiled sweetly, patting his shoulder and offering him silent support. Despite his nerves, Longbottom, Frank, was sent to the Gryffindor table without hesitation. I'm nervous, Remus swallowed, staring at the stool with a look of trepidation, as his turn to be sorted grew closer. 
It's not very courageous of me, is it? I shouldn't even be here. Maya laced her fingers through his, offering a gentle squeeze of encouragement. It takes a great deal of courage to see the world in all its tainted glory, and still to love it. Remus looked back at her and smiled, surprised. Oscar Wilde, you read muggle literature? I do, but he was actually a wizard. Really? Remus asked excitedly. Lupin Remus, Professor McGonagall called out, and Remus turned, making his way towards the stool, taking a seat as the hat was placed on his head. I don't know if you can hear the weird-ass noises coming out of my dog right now, but he's scratching his back on the carpet and playing with my hand with his paws. It's very cute. A little weird, but very cute. Oh, now he's biting his foot. The hat barely even touched him before it shouted out, Gryffindor! And the large table of lions roared with cheers, none louder than Sirius, who eagerly welcomed his new friend to the table. Maya applauded with everyone else, smiling brightly at Remus. MacDonald, Mary, followed Remus into Gryffindor, and soon after, a familiar head of straggly, waist-length, dirty blonde hair called Maestro Pandora was sent to Ravenclaw. All right, long blonde hair, going to Ravenclaw. Looks familiar. Who is she? Um. Who are we meeting at LeakyCon? Luna. Luna. This is her mom. Okay. Her her mom's name is Pandora. Of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, despite knowing the outcome, when Pettigrew Peter was called forward, Maya prayed to Merlin that he would be sent to Slytherin or even Hufflepuff, or better yet, home. But Peter joined Sirius and Remus at the table with a smile, and Maya frowned. Care to wager how long it takes the hat to stick me in Gryffindor? James asked with a grin practically vibrating with excited anticipation. Maya laughed at her brother. Something tells me it'll be instantaneous. James grinned smugly. Bloody right. Potter, James. In record time, Maya was not even sure if the brim came close to James's head, and the hat cried out, Gryffindor! She smiled, watching as her brother darted down the steps and rushed into the applause that fueled him, turning back to grin up at her. Of course, came a bitter voice from behind her. Maya turned and peered at Severus Snape, who had his arms folded over his chest whilst he glowered at the Gryffindor table. There's nothing wrong with Gryffindor, Snape scowled at her. Says another future little lion. My mum was a Slytherin, she said with a shrug. Just because it's tradition that they sort us into separate houses doesn't mean that it's correct. They try to divide us this way because it's tradition, but we all mingle in the world once we leave Hogwarts. You can still be friends with her, you know. No idea what you're talking about, Snape said, with glaring eyes that focused on the Gryffindor table where Lily sat, purposely ignoring the ruckus that James and Sirius were causing beside her. Maya shrugged. If you say so. The Gryffindors continued celebrating egged on by Sirius and James so loudly that Professor McGonagall had to pause the sorting to throw a few sternly worded threats to her own house if they did not calm themselves. When she returned to stand beside the stool, she looked down at the parchment in her hands in irritation before calling out, Potter, Maya. Wait, sorry. I've gotten so used to saying it right. Potter, Mia. Maya muttered a polite, it's actually pronounced Maya, to Professor McGonagall as the hat was dropped on her head. The last thing that she saw before the hat fell over her eyes was the expectant expressions of, uh, on the faces of James, Sirius, and Remus, all waiting eagerly for her to join them at the Gryffindor table. Hmm, whispered a voice in her ear. Well, this is interesting. Wasn't expecting someone like you, Miss Granger. Potter, Maya silently corrected, Ah, uh, but you know you can't keep oh, secrets. Oh, I remember. Because from- I remember that I asked, he said that out loud, but then you told me that they could only hear it in their head. And yes. I, yes. Ha. Yeah. So last time she was very confused. She was like, holy shit, the sorting hat just outed Maya. And I was like, no, 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 it's cool. Because yes, the sorting hat speaks out loud in the movies, but that was because visual medium, it's kind of hard to, you know, explain. But 
in the books, for those of you who've read the books, you know this, the sorting hat talks to you like in your head. It's kind of like telepathic almost. Uh, But you know you can't keep secrets from me. I can see every little puzzle inside your mind, past, present, and future. Although for you, I suppose all three are the same, aren't they? Maya impatiently sighed, thinking, Just put me in Gryffindor, please. Are you sure? It seems Ravenclaw was an option your first time around. You've got a clever mind, indeed. Very brilliant and talented, too. You do well in Ravenclaw. I wouldn't be challenged in Ravenclaw, she mentally countered, determined not to end up anywhere but Gryffindor. No, no, you don't absorb knowledge for the fun of it. You like to use it, don't you? You take what your mind absorbs and you use it. Very resourceful, very cunning, very ambitious. Her eyes widened as she caught on to what the hat was insinuating. Don't you dare. I do know where you are kept. Might be a little sad if you're a little too close to Fox when burning day approaches. Was that a threat? How very daring of you, Miss Potter. Yes, daring and very brave of me, if I do say so myself. Better be... Gryffindor! Maya let out a long sigh of relief. God bless you. No, are you done? Okay. And she rushed away from the hat, still shocked that she had almost ended up in Slytherin this time around. Draco would faint if she ever got the chance to tell him. She ran into a hug from James that awaited her at the Gryffindor table, where her fellow lions were applauding her wildly. Taking a seat beside Remus, she stared across from her, where Lily Evans gazed up at the sorting hat as Snape, Snape Severus was placed in Slytherin. Lily lowered her gaze sadly to the table. Maya glanced up to watch Snape slowly make his way to Slytherin. An empty space was made beside Lucius Malfoy, who patted him on the back in congratulations. Eventually, the final students were called to be sorted. (coughs) (coughs) I'm sorry, guys, I'm dying. Shingleton Gaspard went to Gryffindor. Stebbins Rickard was placed in Ravenclaw. Tuft William joined the Gryffindor table, and a beautiful Zabini Alora fell swiftly into Slytherin. Zabini, why is that name important? It sounds like Nagini. <laughs> Blaze Zabini is the decadent cup of hot chocolate that's besties with Draco. Oh... Yes. He wasn't in the movie, was he? He was. So um, he wasn't originally going to be in the series, but the actor who played Crab ended up getting arrested for both dealing drugs and I believe creating Molotov cocktails and throwing them during a protest. Yes, I knew that. So because they couldn't have Crab in the movie, and they sure as hell weren't going to replace him after seven movies, what they did was during the scene where they fly around the room of requirement on brooms and get chased by the fiend fire, it was supposed to be crab and goyle, but because they couldn't use crab, they put in Zabini. So the very attractive African man who took his place was Zabini. Can't believe I never noticed that. Like I noticed that he, the actor was gone, but I never noticed that. I also did learn if any of you have ever seen Notting Hill, Hugh Grant's roommate in that movie is Luna's dad. I was like, whoa. (gasps) I never made that connection. Yeah, and then also from Potterless, I learned that, um, I forget his name, and I feel really bad because he's no longer with us, but the guy that played, um, Mini-Me and Austin Powers, he was the original, um, what's the, what is his name? Grip Hook. Yes. Yes. And then I think later on... They had uh, the guy who plays, um, because I know the guy who plays Flitwick also played Griphook in the later movies. I thought he did it in the first movie, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, there's your When you have a little person on set, you use him in as many different things as you can. It's efficient. Also, he's a phenomenal actor, and he was great in Willow, but... 
Albus Dumbledore had gotten to his feet. He was beaming at the students, his arms open wide, as if nothing could have pleased him more than to see them all the... Oh, my God. Pay attention Why? to me! Oh, you're very cute. I'm trying to read, baby. This chapter's almost done. You just peed. I know you don't have to go to the bathroom again. Lie down. Okay. Sorry, Hannabeth. I'm going to go give my dog some peanut butter so he'll shush. Zini has been sat, and Albus Dumbledore had gotten to his feet. He was beaming at the students, his arms opened wide, as if nothing could have pleased him more than to see them all there. Welcome, welcome to a new year at Hogwarts. Before we begin our banquet, I would like to say a few words, and here they are. Zowzy, Bigly, Gimble, Bazinga. I like the nod to, uh... Big Bang Theory. I've never watched it. I'm like the last person in America, but that's fine. I haven't seen Game of Thrones either. That's right. The only reason I watch that show is because Jimmy throws it on sometimes. The students chuckled, saved for the Slytherins, who all irritably rolled their eyes and sneered. Dumbledore, clearly unaffected by the attitudes of the Slytherin students, continued his speech. A large welcome to all new students. May you find Hogwarts to be your home and sanctuary, a place of safety and familiarity in a world that can otherwise prove strange and unfamiliar, though I will not deny that Hogwarts can be strange indeed. Now, before we send you off to bed, tuck in and enjoy this wonderful feast. You know, if Dumbledore wasn't dead, he should, like, write fortunes for fortune cookies, because he's very deep. He is. That's why I got him tattooed on my hip. His quote, not his face. <laughs> Can you imagine if it was his face? Jimmy would be like, okay, we need to cover this <laughs> up because I can't have this man staring at me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Anyway. The golden plates in front of them were suddenly piled with food. Roast beast, roast chicken, ch pork chops, and lamb chops. Sausages, bacon and steak, boiled potatoes, roast potatoes, chips, Yorkshire pudding, peas, carrots, and gravy. Okay, just to let you know, Claire pulled a Grinch and said roast beast instead of roast beef, but that's totally fine. I may have done it on purpose. Oh, okay. See, I don't Thought know. your hamster died again. Yeah, no, the, the hamster died. We buried him. It's fine. We're purely operating on like a necromancer level here. Okay, you have to get off. What are you doing? There was a bug and it was dry. There was a bug on my computer and I was like, no, this is not your home. So I had to swish and flick it off. <laughs> swish and flick the bug off. It's okay. I had a bug on my computer once. It ate all my files. <sighs> you hang out with your husband too much in these dad jokes. Everyone immediately dove in, loading up their plates. Maya had spent years at this table eating many meals, generally surrounded by Harry and Ron, who often choked on bites and made messes. She groaned, unable to think about dealing with that again, as she looked over at Remus, James, and Sirius, all who were keeping themselves miraculously clean as they ate. She gaped at the sight. Merlin, the three of you actually have table manners? Of course, she knew that James did though she had worried he would somehow turn into a pig once around boys his own age. Sirius eyed her curiously. What did you expect? From eleven-year-old boys? Maya asked, laughing. I expected you to be shoveling your plates down your throats by the truckload. Glad we surprised you? Remus asked, the look on his face telling her he was trying to decide whether or not to be offended by her assumptions. Don't you lick your peanut butter face at me. Go find something to distract yourself. Stop licking your teeth. Stop! Oh my- Go watch Madonna video so you and uh, Mika can have a Vogue off. Just oh. go learn something. Yes, my sister's dog Vogues. It's so cute. Um, oh, by the way, she doesn't have cancer. Yay! Yay! 
like because anymore she never did it to begin with no i think she had it but they removed it and they got sorry it. i thought you said that she did and then she got oh okay so she had she had cancer but they took it all out so yay oh okay because at first i thought you meant that it she never had it in the first place and like somebody messed up and i was like that's rude no, but anyway no. <laughs> uh Peter, wipe your face, mate, James called down the table. You're lowering the bar we apparently set for ourselves. Between bites, the boys quickly dis- uh, quickly began discussing Quidditch, and even Remus joined in, tossing a smirk to Maya before speaking, clearly finding it humorous that she'd assumed he did not like the sport simply because he loved books as much as she did. <laughs> Ignoring their conversation, Maya gazed across the table where the redhead in front of her picked sadly at her food. Hi, I'm Maya Potter. The girl gazed up, and her bright green eyes sparkled. The color made Maya's breath hitch in her throat as her heart desperately called out for her best friend, for Harry. Lily Evans. Maya collected herself and cleared her throat before speaking again. I wanted to apologize for my brother and my friend. She gestured to James and Sirius, who, despite having had manners five minutes ago, were now using their spoons to launch peas into one another's open mouths. They had surprisingly good aim. uh, Rolling her eyes with an embarrassed sigh, Maya turned back to Lily. I'm not sure what happened, but I think they were rude to you and your friend on the train, and I would like to apologize on their behalfs. They were. Lily scowled down the table, glaring at James and Sirius before turning back to Maya. But Severus can take things a little too seriously from time to time. Sirius turned and smiled. Someone call me? Eat your treacle tart, Sirius, Maya ordered, and he bowed his head in feigned reverence, returning to his plate. Did you see the ceiling? Alice smiled sweetly as she looked up in awe. It's so beautiful. Lily's solemn expression faded, and she smiled as her attention turned upwards. I've never seen anything like it. Are you muggle-born? Maya asked Lily already knowing the answer, using her knowledge to press for an open conversation with the girl who would grow up to be her best friend's mother. Yes, Lily admitted. Something wrong with that? Maya frowned at the girl's tone. Clearly, Lily had already been dealing with prejudice in the wizarding world, and Maya knew exactly how that felt. Not at all. I'd love to learn more about Muggleborns if you're ever interested in sharing. I've read a bit about the Muggle world myself, but I've always wanted a Muggleborn friend. Slowly, the visible tension in Lily's posture faded, and she tentatively smiled. Really? Friends? Sure. What about the rest of you? Maya asked the other first years at her table. What are your families like? Pure blood, Alice admitted with a shrug. I've got an older brother who graduated from Hogwarts last year. Same here, Frank Longbottom smiled. Pure blood, I mean. I've got no brothers. It's just me and Mum. I'm a pure blood too. Mary MacDonald joined in the conversation, switching her seat from where she had been on the other side of Gaspard and William. The two boys did not look phased by the shifting, too caught up in looking at chocolate frog cards. Me too, Peter chimed in. You're all pure bloods? Lily asked, with furrowed brows, looking like she suddenly felt very out of place, even more than she was. Sirius looked over at Lily. It's not all that it's cracked up to be, Evans. Trust me. Why's that? Lily asked. Because most pureblood families have dwindled down so much that if they want to stay pureblood, they end up marrying their own cousins, Maya said, chuckling as Sirius nodded his head with raised eyebrows. Lily gasped. Are you serious? No, I'm serious, Sirius grinned. Remus and Maya groaned but he ignored them. And yes, it's true. My parents are second cousins. It's a flip of the galleon whether or not purebloods come out crazy, but it makes for good-looking blokes like me. He winked at the small grouping of girls at the end of the table. Alice and Mary blushed, but Lily looked annoyed, something Maya appreciated. There are some pureblood families that don't care about blood status, though, Maya insisted, looking at Lily, like mine. The Potters are perfectly normal witches and wizards. Maya, look! James yelled excitedly. Everyone turned to watch as the heir to House Potter, the only son 
descendant of the great Ignotus Peverell, the future father of the Chosen One, balanced a wand on his forehead. Maya stared at him in disbelief and let out an embarrassed sigh as she glanced back at Lily. "'Your brother?' Lily asked with a raised brow. "'Yes.' "'He's...' Lily looked at James, who was being cheered on by Sirius and Peter. "'He grows on you,' Maya promised. "'I'm sure he does.' Lily watched as the wand fell from James's forehead, hit the table, and shot red sparks upward into his face. James gave a shout and fell backwards off of his seat, his glasses going with him. "'Bloody hell!' James yelled as he retook his seat, slipping his wand back into his robes and looking at his broken spectacles with consternation. "'Give them here,' Maya reached out, annoyed. James, however, ignored her expression as he placed his uh, broken glasses into her hand and watched as she said, "'Oculus Reparo.' "'Little sister to the rescue,' James beamed at her, taking his mended glasses. "'You're younger?' Alice asked Maya. Maya rolled her eyes. "'By barely a minute.' "'You're twins?' Lily asked in patent disbelief. "'He got the Potter looks, I got the Potter talent,' Maya grinned smugly. "'I'm talented,' James insisted. Maya stared at him, incredulously. "'Says the boy who dropped his wand while balancing it on his face.' "'In James's defense,' Sirius interjected, "'he had it up there for like a whole minute before it fell.' Maya scoffed, stabbing her fork into a carrot with a little more effort than was necessary. I am so glad to be sharing a room with girls. You're really going to leave me alone with them, aren't you? Remus looked at her, shaking his head as though she had just betrayed him, though a small smirk played across his lips. You'll survive, Maya promised him. If you manage to keep them in line, there's a chocolate frog in it for you. Deal! Remus's happy expression disappeared suddenly, and he clutched to his side, wincing. Maya immediately frowned at the sight, something inside of her hurting for him. "'Are you all right, Remus?' she asked quietly, with concern, trying her hardest not to sound as though she were pitying him. He knew that She knew that older Remus hated being pitied more than almost anything. "'Yeah, uh, I was sick last week,' Remus frowned through the lie. "'Might be coming back a bit.' Do you need any? Maya began, but was cut off as Professor Dumbledore stood to speak once more. <clears throat> A few more words now that we're properly fed. There are some start-of-term notices. First year should note that the forest is forbidden to all students. Mr. Filch, the caretaker, would like me to remind you that all magic er, that remind you all that magic should never be used in the corridors between classes. Quidditch trials will be held in the second week of term. Anyone interested in playing for their house team should contact Madame Hooch. I'm trying out, James insisted. You can't. You're a first year, Maya said. We'd like to welcome a new addition to the staff, Dumbledore went on. Professor Fenwick, who will be teaching the defense against the dark arts. Place your butts, everyone! A vaguely familiar voice called out, and Maya turned to see the redhead and freckled face of two older boys. One carried a parchment in his hand, the other collected coins in his upturned hat. Bets? Maya asked, regarding the twins who slightly resembled Fred and George. <laughs> see how long this professor lasts. No defense teacher ever makes it past a year, the twin collecting the coins said. That, uh... The twin with the parchment grinned. They say the position is cursed. That sounds like rubbish, Peter spoke up, rolling his eyes. The twin with the hat full of coins scrutinized Peter with a look. Hear that, Gideon. Ickle Firsty's no better than us. I heard that, Fabian, the twin with the parchment said. Care to put your galleons where your mouth is? He narrowed blue eyes at Peter, who instantly began to stutter. Maya smiled at the sight. Gideon and Fabian Pruitt, Molly Weasley's younger brothers. Dumbledore was still speaking, oblivious to the gambling happening at the, er, the Gryffindor table. Lastly, all students should be aware that Professor Sprout has successfully transferred and planted a whomping willow on the grounds. All students should avoid the tree at the cost of life and limb. Whomping willows are sentient trees and prone to irritable bouts of violence. 
at the announcement, Maya's gaze darted to, immediately to Remus, who sat staring at his now empty plate with wide eyes, taking in slow, deep breaths. She wanted to reach out across the table and take his hand in a comforting way, but she could not let him know yet that she was aware of his secret and the real reason the Whomping Willow had been planted. All right, Cap, why is the Whomping Willow planted and what does it have to do with Remus? Because he is a werewolf. I almost said vampire. Um, <laughs> yes. I don't know why. And what does Whomping um, Willow have to do with him being a werewolf? Because it has the little tunnel thingy to the uh, Shrieking Shack. And that's where yes, he goes yes, yes. when he's having his thing. His monthlies. Yes. His time of the month. Yes. Where he gets angry. Myriad. And likes chocolate. Yes. I identify with Remus so much. I'm almost done, sweetheart. Yes, you look very cute today. A tree is violent? Lily asked. Very. I've read about them, Maya said. Sirius let out a barking laugh. Of course you have, kitten. Now, off to bed with you all. Dumbledore clapped his hands together, and instantly all the dirty empty plates vanished from in front of them. All right, first years, follow me. Maya looked up to meet the familiar face of a young Kingsley Shacklebolt. It was odd to see the Minister for Magic this young, herding around a group of 11-year-olds, but... <coughs> oh, God. <coughs> but the shiny prefect badge on his robes made it all the more real. As the students stood and headed to the door, each led by their prefects, Maya caught the glares that passed between Kingsley and Lucius Malfoy. She could not help but see the amazing parallels to the future. Kingsley Shacklebolt, future Minister for Magic and Order member, and Lucius Malfoy, Death Theater and Voldemort's right-hand wizard. Sit down. Stay. Keep up now, don't get lost, Kingsley yelled over his shoulder as the Gryffindors made their way through the entrance hall towards the large staircase. James and Sirius were at the head of the group, trailed by Peter. Maya stayed behind, reaching for Remus's hand as he struggled going up the stairs, obviously in pain. The stairs move frequently, so keep that in mind, especially when you're running late to class. The professors aren't lenient, even our own head of house, and she knows all too well how easy it is to get stuck on the stairs, or in the stairs if you're not careful. What do you mean, in the- Ow! Frank yelled as his foot fell through the vanishing step. Trick step. Catches all the first years eventually, Kingsley said with a low chuckle, as French, Frank, French, as Frank blushed beet red. <coughs> oh my god, there's like one paragraph left. My dog's attacking me and I can't breathe. Yeah, and you also have to read patrons. I do. Maya could not help but remember Neville's run-in with the same trick step. Like father, like son, she smiled, hoping that she could bring memories of Frank and Alice to Neville when, if, she ever returned to her timeline. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. End of chapter. Holy crap, I made it. Hey, look, Ma, I made it. Straight up. That was rough, y'all. Kat, what'd you think of the chapter? Yeah. <laughs> Well, gets even better the second time around. That's what she said. Yeah. Well, it's definitely setting it up for the wicked things that this way comes next time. Mm -hmm. Even though I already know what they are, but that's fine. Yes, but that's fine. Well. I think they are so cute. Yeah. In my head, they look like Funkos. <laughs> still gonna give you shit for that but anyway that's fine i already got crap from wayne the other day because apparently in one of our episodes that i don't have any memory of i blame him for my intoxication at your wedding the november ama <laughs> um, yeah right. he was like yeah that was not my fault i'm like i know i'm just kidding i didn't even think that was kept in there 
So, but you're famous, Wayne. Yes, you're Rod famous Weasley Wayne. is famous. So, fun fact about Wayne is uh, he is still in my phone as Ron Weasley. I changed a whole bunch of my contacts to Harry Potter names back in like 2010, and he's the only one that I never changed back. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, because we've had to re record last week's episode, this week's episode, and next week's episode. I don't remember which of the Patreons I've thanked, so I am certain we are going to double-thank some people. Just thank them all. They should be thanked every episode. So, to our new donors, we would like to thank Beth Voner, Christy Harper, Nicole Thornton, Nicole Olshev de Aguero, Caitlin Clark, Audrey Kokenzie, Madeline, Trish Zambrano, 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 Paige Little, and Miriam Efrak, which I know I'm mispronouncing. Um, we would also like to thank... The Academy, and no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we had somebody donate, and their name is just Xrose, or LKS Rose, IKS Rose 5. Thank you very much. Uh, Ashley Murray. Um... I think that's all of our new donors. So thank you to all of our new donors. We love having you. We appreciate it. We hope you like the bonus content we've put out so far. We are working to try and get more of that out, which is just going to require a little more coordination on our schedules and not having to re-record three fucking episodes. So. And having Claire's dog have to pee all the time because then I get to sing for the world. And then you get extra blooper reels. And for those of you who are patrons who got to enjoy last week's blooper reel, we really hope you liked it. And if you did, we'll continue to produce those. Um, we'd also like to thank our Fox-level producers, Rachel, Jackie, Krista, Kelly, Rebecca, Carissa, Ashley, Ryder, Olivia Aguila, Ashley, Brittany, Claire, Jillian, Elise, Martina, Therese. Oh, oh, I do want to give a special thank out to that one. But hold on. Amanda, Sarah, Samantha, Miranda, Sophie. Are there two Mirandas? No, Miranda, Martina. But <coughs> a huge shout out to Therese Antinson. Uh, I'm completely butchering that name, but she is our first Patreon from Norch or I know I mispronounced that, but I just wanted to try and say it the real way. From Norway! Ooh, fancy. Yes. So, I've never sent a letter to Norway before, so I've gotten really good at addressing stuff to, like, the UK, Australia, Canada, but now we've gotten Brazil, and now Norway. All we need is a patron from Asia and a patron from Africa, and we will have them all covered, except for Antarctica, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, and for the millionth time, a shout-out to our listener, Elizabeth. I got my Hufflepuff ring, and I know I told you, but I just cannot believe that people are, like, this nice to somebody that they don't even know, but it is adorable, and even though it's too big, I don't care. And that letter was really, really sweet, especially since I believe you wrote on there that English is your second language. You did amazing. It made me so happy. Yes, yes. We do want to give a huge, 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 huge shout-out for sending that really, really nice letter. Um, <coughs> we like, we'd yeah. never gotten fan mail before, but I find that we are actually really big fans. So if you want to send us fan mail, shoot us an email at firewhiskeyandhoney at gmail.com. Or if you want to shoot us a actual letter, um, I don't feel comfortable giving out my address on the World Wide Web. So just reach out to <laughs> us and let us know and we will do it on a case-by-case basis. But... <laughs> also if you've ever got anything from us from patreon you have the return address which is definitely our office and definitely not my house but um <laughs> we love you guys a lot and we appreciate you suffering through this episode while i have very limited voice left and i'm probably not gonna be able to talk for the rest of the day but we love you guys we appreciate you thank you so much for continuing to listen preach i all did right, that <laughs> We love you all. And we will see you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Love you, Fire Whiskers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire Whiskey and Honey. 
A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.